Hello and welcome back to the Truck and Driver podcast. I am Dougie Rankin. And I am Matt Island. It's been a long gap since the last time we did a podcast of any description. I went to Cyprus on holiday for a week. And the moment I got back, um, I came down with quite a serious case of COVID, <laughs> which... Um, I shouldn't laugh, sorry. <laughs> well, instead of basking in the sort of warm afterglow of your holiday and that, um, I didn't get that at all. Um, I tell you what, like, um, there's obviously, they talk about new variants of this going round all the time and everything, and I don't know what to believe. Have you had COVID? I have, yeah, I got it last year. What was it like? It, well, it wiped me out. Um, I sort of persevered with it, thinking it was just a bit of a cold, really. Um, funny enough, we were on holiday as well down in Cornwall, and I was just oh, just exhausted and feeling rough and then having to have a sleep in the afternoon, and Sam just knew something was up, and then she came down with it and came down with it bad as well, so we had to cut the holiday short, had to drive home, and, and that was when that was the start of all the fuel problems, when... There was just a, oh, yeah. yeah, so we decided to go to the other side of the country on holiday. <laughs> Charlie, luckily, a haulier I know sold me a tank's worth of diesel, which got us down there. We managed to find some down there fairly easily, and then we had enough to get us back up to rugby to the new services there. And we managed at no limit, and you to I think it's 50 quid's worth, sort of that. So mm. we, we put that in, and that got us home. And then well, we didn't need any for a couple of weeks because we had to isolate and. I mean, generally feeling rough. I mean, she was in bed for nearly two weeks, I think, completely wiped out. Mm. And I had a week, 10 days and just, yeah, it's still uh, sense of smell. Mine is, mine was never good to start with and it's worse now. And hers is a lot worse than what it used to be. So Mm. it's it's definitely, definitely onwardly affected us. Same here. I mean, I got... Um, we came, but our flight was delayed for about four hours to get back from Cyprus to Newcastle, and um, I felt all right in the flight back and all that. I got to the get to the car, and as I'm driving back, as I was driving back, um, I could feel my stomach start to go, and they feel too good. Got to my girlfriend's house, dropped her off, used the toilet there, and I was like, oh, stomach starting to go like. But by the time I got back to the house, that was I had 36 hours of like sickness and diarrhea. No oh dear. Um, it was really horrible. Like, and at that point, I didn't even think it was COVID. I thought I'd got like some, some... poisoned or something. Like that. I'd eaten something bad. Mm. But is it on the way? Then later on in the Tuesday, sore throat. Everyone. So on the Wednesday morning, I did a COVID test, and this was right before Expo, the big transport expo thing. And the light, a big dark line on the COVID thing, <laughs> and that, and that it took me nine days to get a negative test from it, and it wasn't like I've had much worse flus and things like that, but it, it killed my sense of taste and smell's gone. Like I can't taste things properly. Yeah. Um. And um. I got I got it weirdly. I got conjunctivitis as well. My right <laughs> eye was a bit closed up and all swollen. Apparently that's a rare symptom that you get as well. I think it went in through my eye somehow. Good Lord. I don't know how, but I took <laughs> I took my contact lenses out in the... in the. Uh, I booked the premium lounge at the airport in advance because I knew that... Um, I, I suspected there would be delays. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's a travelling tip for any of you if you're going through airports and things like that. I think maybe delays. Look for the premium lounge and book it in advance. A lot of people don't even know what the premium lounge is. Yeah. But it's like you pay 15 quid or something and you can go and sit in it and it's 
you're you're away from all the unwashed, coughing, <laughs> sneezing people. And it's free. There's free drinks, free food, and everything like that. Free Wi-Fi. It's good. It's great. Yeah. So I put that. But I, by the time I was home, I was really no well. The weird thing about it was people had talked about the brain fog. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ah, that's rubbish. I don't believe that. Uh, but it's actually a thing. I I couldn't just focus and get my brain to uh, work in the way it usually does, you know, to sit and go and write features and everything. Mm-hmm. And that's why I've got a backlog now, because it's the day before deadline when we're recording this. And I'm still chasing people up and doing interviews now, because we've only got three weeks to make this issue because of the way our production schedules work. Yeah. One of the issues <coughs> is only on sale for three weeks, which is stupid, but um, it's not up to me. Um I'm still like behind, just trying to get my brain in gear to start writing stuff again. Eh? So it's, mm-hmm. it, it's a, a weird one, that like totally, totally engineered in a laboratory. Uh, COVID, mm-hmm. the way that it's so, the way that it does so many unusual things and affects so many people differently, and everything. And it's rife everywhere. People are going down with it everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess you've just, in the summer, you're as well getting as many people infected and getting natural immunity from it as you can during these summer months. Like, but I tell you, Tesco had started back with that nonsense of making drivers sit in their waiting rooms again. Yeah. <clears throat> They're still doing that now. I haven't seen anything online kicking off about it um, since the initial sort of ones. And I'm thinking, are they letting people sit back in their cabs again? Because a lot of it going about. Yeah. Well, they should do. There's no reason why they. They can't let drivers sit in a cab, is there? We, no, it's, we, it's just been a dick manoeuvre. It's just being obsessed with power mm-hmm. and control over people. There's no, no need for it at all. You know, drivers should be able to rest. Mm-hmm. When you've driven four and a half hours and you've had to get up at two o'clock in the morning and you maybe haven't had a good night's sleep, you need that time to rest and get a nap and refresh yourself. You're not going to get that sitting in a hot, stinky waiting room yeah. uh, with a load of other guys. It's just... It's not on. No. And, uh, Oh, that was nice. So I, now I'm in the position where I need another holiday. <laughs> I'm choking to get back out driving. Yeah. Because same again this year. I was like, I thought I was on a roll when I had the had the, the Scania 530 and the 540, and that was all going great. Uh, and then of course I get the busy time again where we get all these extra things to do for the magazine in the summer, and then I can't get out driving again. Eh? So oh, I just want to. But we're still we're still hoping we might be employing somebody soon. We might have another member of staff on trucking driver. Oh, instead of just me full time. So I can't I can't say anything yet. But might be some exciting developments in that department. Um, but I mean, there's not, to be fair, I don't have a lot of lorry specific um, news in terms of things that I've been driving or and things. But a lot a lot of features have been getting done. Um, we're getting a lot of stuff together and um, you've sent us some stuff as well yeah. for our upcoming British issue and I've got a couple of things as well I don't think I've got copy far from you because you've got uh, the two ones you've got two features with um, funny names what were they? was there the Antonovs? Anato- Antonov the, An- the Antonov planes yeah and something soft trans that you'd sent us in as well. Yeah, that was John John Goodwin doing a soft trans avto job um, many years ago. I Anna to look at that one. I mm-hmm. uh, Anna pictures of an aeroplane. Yeah, and some Trans Am trucking trucks. Yeah, and uh, I another one was um, Goodwin soft transa. 
Soft Trans Avto. Well, <laughs> well, mm. well uh, Mr. Bootles would be a good man to speak to for the Ant- right. Antonovs as well, because he's a bit of a okay. he's a bit of a plain buff. So uh, if you need any right, e- well. extra info, have a chat with him. He'll be able to help. What one's that? The Antonov thing. Oh, the well, Antonov good. one, yeah. No, that's good. I have. I'm, uh, that, that's good. That's good. Um, so that. I mean, it's all. I mean, there's not. In terms of lorries, we, 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 we've, we've shot a lot of stuff. Like, really pleased with the stuff we've just got out of Ireland. Mm-hmm. So really nice looking, good, good um, trucks. Nice variety of stuff as well. We've got MANs, Volvos, Scania's, Ivecos, all sorts of great. Pleased to get some more Mercedes Mercedes in there, that's just coming out as well. Yeah. I like a bit of variety. If you listen to the podcast, if you've got a nice truck, um, if your fleet's nice, give us a shout because we're always up for featuring things. The weird thing, well, in the past week, there's been the heat wave, mm-hmm. which has been a huge thing in the news. Loads of hysteria yes. about how hot it is. So what's it been like for you in Suffolk? It's been very hot and muggy. Uh, I mean, luckily for us, we decided to take this week off as holiday after because right. we'd just done a trip to Greece and back in the van, our usual annual outing, and just decided to have the week off. And as luck would have it, it would coincide with a heat wave, which was quite nice, really, not having to work in it. I mean, I can't imagine what it was like just doing just general haulage for argument's sake, pulling curtains and strapping loads and or or just being a being a bod having a handball out of a container and things like that in the heat because it was just it was getting to me just sitting about trying to trying to keep cool anywhere in the house or in the garden, whichever would work really. Yeah. So I can imagine I'm you know what if you're in a truck stop at night mm. as well, and I've I've not had it a lot. I remember a couple of nights I was down in sort of Birmingham way I was about twenty. I, uh, I had the old Stralis at Gilmore's, and it didn't even have aircon. Yeah, they took they took the condenser out to replace the radiator and just never put it back in. Uh, and it was hot because because you got all these trucks coming together as well. Yeah, and even though they're and even though they're parked up, you still get the heat. Yep. permeating out them. Oh, it was roasting that night. Like it was just. And parked on uh, parked on tarmac, so it's black reflects the heat yeah, up. Oh, it was yeah, serious. Like it, you know, that's something that's not. T- uh, not taking into account so much as like uh, aircon, like parking aircon for trucks, which I think could be more of a, it needs to be more of a standard thing, especially when you've got stuff like Volvo's iPark Cool, mm-hmm. which is integrated into the truck anyway. Yes. So you've not got like an aircon pod on the roof, it just works now. Because uh, that's, I mean, it must have been, yeah, so hard going because you get the bloody aggregate companies as well with their stupid PPE regulations where you've got to have your legs and arms covered. No, you know. Yeah. So you can't wear you can't wear a pair of high vis shorts and a high vis t shirt yeah. to go and deliver gravel in your eight wheeler. True. What a load of nonsense, I don't know. Yeah. Remember at Taylor and Morris and I was driving and I would literally just I'd be driving I'd strip my trousers off when I was driving, uh, and then have to go and put them back on again whenever I got to the waybridge to go and like get out. Uh, yeah. I mean I get it with, with concrete because concrete can cause skin burn, so I, I totally get it that but it's like t- today on our on our, we took the dogs out for a walk and uh, alongside the river and they're doing a bit of dredging and it's warm still. It's not the heat wave, but it's still pretty warm. And there's a poor mm. poor guy stood there, full PPE, you know, just by a riverbank where, because there's a there's a 360 digger nearby. And you just think, is it really necessary all no, that, it's, it's you know? not necessary at all. They need to take that into, take that into account because you, do, you won't see people in Australia 
Um, and you would see people in like the hot states of America and things dressed up like that e- for no good, no good reason. Even in Germany, going through roadworks in Germany, mm. you'll see when you see the workers there, they don't have top to tail absolutely covered in the middle of summer because it's it's just not necessary. I, you know, I totally get it when it's you know poor visibility and stuff like that. You need high vis on, but uh, just not during the day. It's just no. It was, I say it was what forty degrees. It's like broken like some heat records because the, the the media were like really in a frenzy about this mm-hmm. like, that temperature is what a lot of people go on holiday for yeah yeah they're That's, hoping for that <laughs> they're, hoping, yeah, they're hoping for that sort of thing i know it's like a freak thing but it, it does cause it cause issues when you're having to work in it you know yeah and there are there are physical jobs in trucks there was someday but i'd asked this is what's the earliest truck you had with aircon in it and Facebook the other day, no. and so the, the guys popping up. Oh, I'm driving an ERFEC today, and all that. I've got both the windows down. It's fine, you know. Air's <laughs> air's blowing and everything like that. Because it's it's not too bad when you're on the move. If you've got the the wind and air swirling about the cab on a hot day, yeah, then you're all right. It's when you come to a halt, you know. Yeah, yeah, especially in an ERF as well, being fiberglass. I just remember doing nights out in them in the summer, and it was just. It was just baking hot, and and that yeah. and that particular one, I had an I had an EC eleven, and I had white curtains, and I just never understood yeah. who in their right mind designed a truck with white curtains. You pull the curtains at night, and it was lighter inside than it was out. It was just awful. <laughs> oh, a weird one. Oh, but it's, uh, oh, it's um, well, I, I don't know how the the heat wave sort of thing. That there's a big panic and things about climate change. And all this kind of stuff, and there's a lot of stuff in the news at the moment. Well, this does this does relate to trucks, because obviously we've got this. You'll be hearing a lot more about net zero going forward. Have you seen all the protests that have been happening in Holland with mm. the farmers? No, I did hear a little no, bit about, it, but I haven't it's seen because much. it's not be, it's not being reported by the mainstream media as usual. Mm-hmm. It was the same with the trucker protests in Canada when they protested against the Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's ludicrous vaccine mandate. Uh, it wasn't reported in the news widely and when it does like they were kind of smeared as extremists there are thousands and thousands of farmers in Holland protesting because of these new climate targets coming in they're going to be basically put out of business because they're not going to be able to farm because of a huge reduction in nitrogen related in relation to fertilisers when they've already made big cutbacks anyway mm-hmm. and they're like trying to say to the government you know we, we, we can cut back more and everything but you need to, we need to do it progressively and I Things and the government are trying to be. It's it's quite unsettling. It goes on, on like a global scale. It seems that there's a lot of governments and big private entities buying up farms. Bill Gates has bought up two hundred and seventy thousand acres of farmland in America, mm-hmm. and he keeps telling people not to eat meat. So there's quite, you know, what is it? What does the government want to do here with all this farmland and agriculture? And things. It seems to be that there's a big push to get away from uh, meat. Is one of the things that there are, is very much in the sights of the, the the politicians and everything. But I don't. How can that? How can um, eating meat from an animal that's been bred in a field in the country in the region where you live, and it's never gone any further than there? And the, but you see products being flown around half the planet. You know. You're, they say in a lot of stuff from Costa Rica, stuff from Peru, and in bananas and mm-hmm. weird sort of wonderful fruits in the supermarket all year long. But what's the, what's the or even what's the responsibility of flying that halfway around the planet? Or even trucking it. I mean, um, high plugs from Holland. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they still do or not, but they used to take prawns from Holland to North Africa to shell them and bring them back. 
and that sort of waste goes on in transport week in, week out. The amount of stuff that's trucked needlessly just to save a few pennies. Same as years ago mm. with John Mann taking the garments again to North Africa to have them finished there because it was cheaper than doing it in the UK. How can sending a truck all the way out there and back be more cost effective? It's just crazy. Oh, madness like mm-hmm. um, I'm not even a bit yeah the, with this net zero stuff it's uh, basically by 2050 that basically the whole all the western world anyway are going to sign up China China paying much service to, um, <laughs> so, you know we want to be like having producing like no emissions and things and what it means is I mean there's a big push for renewables yeah like your wind and your solar and things <clears throat> they, like that but we're nowhere near ready for it yet. Mm-hmm. But it's not ready to come online, and it never is going to be enough to replace to provide the energy needs for a whole nation. No, you still need you still need fossil fuels, and you can see it as well with Germany, who are severely addicted to Russian gas from that pipeline to go and power their country. And of course, now they're in a dodgy situation because of the Ukraine. Uh, the Ukraine war and Russia like cutting off gas supplies and things. Germany at the moment is like they're already restricting temperatures in the houses. That they're they're they're, uh, they're making all sorts of cutbacks to things and they're, they're making warm up centres for the winter. <laughs> they're going to set these up so people can go to like communal areas like stadiums and things where there must be like heating or something so they can keep warm because it's going to be too cold. This is Germany. Okay. This is like the industrial powerhouse of Europe. Yeah. Well, this is well, this is all going on, and um, well, what it in terms of that, what we've seen a lot of is I'm getting loads of emails every week about decarbonising the, the the transport industry, uh, and there are there's a lot of things um, happening, and they're going to be happening. Whether or not they'll be a success, whether or not they'll be viable, I don't know because I've got many questions. I got an email this week about decarbonising HGVs companies across shipping and haulage seek to create new task force. Um, do, do, do. HDV task force will bring together some of Europe's largest shippers and hauliers, including Coca-Cola, European partners, Tesco, XPO, Stobart. Oh, why, they're listed there. Because uh, they're not even Stobart anymore. They're Kalina, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Uh, DPD group to accelerate decarbonisation of collective fleets across the continent. <sighs> Within the first... Uh, um, they're going to tackle key complex pinch points which have so far hindered successful low-carbon HGV rollouts. What do you mean so far hindered successful low-carbon HGV rollouts? We're not, we're not ready. The trucks are only just here. But not only that. You've... There, there weren't any long-haul electric trucks or anything until like now. No. Are you also, uh, the irony of it with Tesco's and people like that who leave a fridge trailer on a bay roaring around for ages mm. whilst they slowly, casually tip it and then fart about with paperwork, the wastage going on at these RDCs and they then have the audacity to sign up to a task force to try and lower uh, emissions. Yeah, it's just it's, All these things are like full of people, head of environmental and sustainability lead... Uh, HDV decarbonation is a systemic critical challenge that we must address innovatively and as an industry. That's why we are particularly excited to be working with a diverse group of organisations, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, okay, whatever. Well, that was one press release I've got. I'm getting loads of them about electric trucks all the time. I got a second one this week because one of the things, I mean, there's obviously, I mean, there's kind of, there are three major questions which come up with, um, 
electrification of vehicles. Um, and one, where's all the electricity coming from to power all these vehicles? Mm-hmm. Um, two, how is the how is the national grid going to cope, and how are all these vehicles going to be charged because there is no infrastructure currently? And three, where is all the material going to come from to make all these vehicles? Because you need lithium for batteries, and lithium isn't easy to go and uh, mine and uh, acquire from the earth. And furthermore, you might know that China produces most of the world's lithium batteries. They also produce 75% of the world's wind turbines and solar panels, apparently. (laughs) So China have got complete control over all this... um, Pretty much complete control over these new technologies and everything like that. This is a big development. Trayton, Daimler and Volvo. So that's Scania, MAN, Mercedes-Benz, Volvo, Renault. You've only got DAF and Iveco outside of that. I've signed up for a joint venture, a part of European Green Deal, carbonisation, blah, blah, blah. They're going, to, they're going to install and operate at least 1,700 high-performance green energy charge points on and close to highways, as well as at logistics hubs across Europe. They're committing 500 million euros in total to go and do this. So that's companies taking on this individually as private enterprise. You know, they're not waiting for the government to come on and try and start uh, sorting this kind of stuff out. So that's a big push for uh, batteries. Um when we talked about customers' electric trucks, that's where can we charge? So this is all, that, that's a big, big rollout with that. But in terms of electric trucks them, themselves, are we going to be seeing any? I'm not so sure because you look at, the, look at how much they cost. See, an elect, see a little deliver a distribution rigid, £300,000. And it's all right if DHL can maybe afford that. But the thing that is well is... That is that truck ever going to be any cheaper to run? And I would love to know its entire whole life, whatever it emits, whatever carbon it, it chucks out, how it would compare to like a little diesel one, you mm-hmm. know, a 6.7 litre MX7 or whatever it is, little daft, does 20, 25 miles to the gallon. Mm-hmm. Is it really going to, is that ever going to be, is the electric truck ever going to be any more efficient than that? Yeah. I've got, I'm dubious because the price well obviously the price of fuel is really high just now mm-hmm. and we've got a lot of hauliers I've been speaking to a lot of hauliers people are cutting back there's guys who've got 20 lorries going down to 12 lorries and so on and so forth you get guys that are shutting the doors of buyouts happening and things and you're going to end up with a haulier shortage because the haulage, rate, haulage rates can't track the price of fuel going up so quickly yeah and there's no, you know, haulage companies make one to two percent profit margin. There's nowhere to wiggle no. with any with any of this. And you consider the price of everything is going up from tires to oil to insurance, and everything's all going up at the same time. Um, who's got the money to invest uh, in electric trucks? Mm, not many. No, nah, and I, I, well, I think I think well, fuel is being held high price wise on purpose. The, the, like, the price of wholesale oils dropped a lot in recent weeks. And it's not being passed on to the end user, whether that's bunker fuels for hauliers or whether it's people at the pump. Mm-hmm. And it's quite, you know, I don't know, it is painful now filling the car up, knowing that it costs 120 quid to fill the tank of a normal car. Yeah. You know, it's, and you look at what that's doing to lorries compared to like a few months back. Yeah. You know, it's, 
a lot is alarming. And that, that can't really go on. You're going to end up with a lot of hauliers taken off the board, and you're going to end up, it wouldn't be a driver shortage, it'll be a haulage shortage. Yeah. But people can't get things picked up and can't get things delivered because there's been so many people have been taken off the board. Maybe that's and what they the, need. Well, <laughs> all of these lap, all these laptop work-from-home elites uh, that are, uh, so, well, maybe that will please them. Well, oh, great, there's all these trucks off the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on another hand, I'm also sitting here freezing cold um, and the supermarket shelves are empty as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there's a remarkable <coughs> lack of respect being paid to farmers and ho- and farmers and road transport at the moment. Uh, there's, uh, too many people just imagine that things just pop out of nowhere. Well, the Amazon they don't man. Have any, they don't have any understanding <laughs> that the of what the effort that goes in with the food supply chain. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know yourself. I mean, you you do the sugar beet and everything. And, yeah, I mean, Suffolk, that whole part of the world is. You know, that's the that's the agricultural centre of England, where the stuff that comes out of there. Mm-hmm. People have got no idea of what trucks do for them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the whole um, the battery thing. Have you ever driven an electric truck? Not a truck. I've driven an electric van. That's about it. I don't. I don't have a pro- I don't have a problem with them. Uh, you know, uh, nobody's going. You see a lot of suspicion, and people get like, "Oh no, I don't really fancy that. I don't want to drive a milk floating things." I tell a lot. I, at- I actually, when they launched the FH4, I went to mm-hmm. I went to a demo day in Holland, which was 2013, and I mm-hmm. and I drove a Volvo FL, I think, it, what or mm-hmm. the FL, the 17 tonner, but it was a hybrid electric mm-hmm. electric diesel, so it was electric up till. I think it was like thirty miles an hour, fifty k. Then the diesel kicked mm. in. So yeah, so that's the only experience I've got. Well, you see, people are they're really drivers are really suspicious of them, and it's because you get silly concept truck pictures up. You know, where it's got like a melted front end on it, and it looks just stupid. Yeah. But if you look at the ones that are actually coming out, like DAF, I've got a CF electric, which has just gone and done a run up an Austrian mountain. Uh, Volvo, I've got the new electric. FH and it's just it looks like a normal tractor unit. Mm-hmm. It's even got an I shift gearbox in it. Right. Um, so and it basically it's going to if you get nobody's going to be bothered about this when you get in it and it's got eight hundred horsepower and it stomps its way up the hills and you're like bye bye see you later to your mates and things. Nobody would really nobody's really going to have much of a a problem with that. Um, when eventually, if they do come in, if that's a, if that is the solution that comes forward, because you may yet get uh, hydrogen as an option yet, I guess. But I don't, I don't think diesel is going to be going anywhere because of um, the shortage of materials to go and make all these things. Because bear in mind, if you order a truck now, if the manufacturer will take your order, it'll be twenty twenty four before you get it. Yeah. What's it going to be like when you're needing a truck full of lithium batteries and you're comp- and, and like all these cars are moving onto this as well? Mm-hmm. I can't. I just don't see it rolling out in the way that these um, the sort of um, the kind of green extremists think that it's going to. No. Um, at all. That's uh, the thoughts on that, and also as well, uh, Taiwan. The island off the coast of China, which is an independent nation at the moment, that's the place that makes most of the semiconductors in the world. Right. And China keep going on that they want to invade it and take it back into China. Mm-hmm. So if there, there ends up like some sort of conflict going on there, then the world isn't going to be able to get semiconductors, which means no new vehicles at all. Mm-hmm. You know, 
see see your old truck that's sitting in the corner of the yard that you're thinking about exporting somewhere sunny. Just just hold on to it, you know. There, there may be a time. There may be a comeback time yet for the the old. Um, the old ERFEC, <laughs> the, the old the old Foden and the old the old one four three sitting in the yard because because it will still still run and it doesn't uh, these things don't need semiconductors and things so it's straight strange times going ahead. Oh, there was one thing. Did I since the last time I've spoken to you? You'd been away to a show, hadn't you? Gaiden, yes. You went to Gaiden. Yes. You went to the first Gaiden one, because there's two Gaidens. Yeah. So there's the CVRTC show in June, and then there's the retro show in September. So I went to the CVRTC show, which was fantastic weekend. Uh, I'm there with the model club I belong to, um, because there's a huge model display that comes in. Get uh, international models as well from like the Czech Republic and... Various other places come and take part, mm. and, and that's something that doesn't really happen at the retro show. There's a very small, no. very small presence at the retro one, uh, but the the big main one is is the CVRTC show. So, and a lot of uh, classic trucks as well, which uh, quite a few of mm. uh, are older than than like the whole retro sort of side of things. So, um, it's always the older vehicles generally at the one in June. So, but it was a, a brilliant weekend. Good weather, some great trucks. Um, yeah, mm. loads of uh, diesel fumes. It's brilliant. <laughs> oh, that sounds good. Did you go to Kelsall Steam Rally? I didn't. I That's mm. my birthday weekend, but I'm considering oh. possibly going up there next year. Um, yeah, I would, it, unfortunately, it fell, I would have gone to it this year, but it fell on the second weekend uh, when I was coming back from Cyprus on the Sunday, so I couldn't um, mm. couldn't make it. I did get, um, I got um, a chap called Rob Scorer, who does some words and photos for us? Um, he's he went out to it and uh, got an article together and things. And he's got a couple of things to follow up on as well off the back of that, which is good. Paul was there as well, right? Uh, uh, Paul O'Callaghan, and he took his um his um, big Merc, yeah, uh, SK over the, over there for that. So, um, I mean, I've missed because of the COVID. I missed out on the Road Transport Expo, which was not helpful. I kind of really needed to be at that, and then I missed out with convoy and the plane the week after. Oh. <laughs> and at the weekend there, there was a Cumbria charity truck fair as well, yeah. which I missed out on. But I did get it photo. I did get it photographed, so we've got a feature coming in, coming in from it. So, same as well, I'm not going to be at Convoy in the Park this year, which is a, a big show because I've got my sister's wedding on. Ah, <laughs> not a lot. I can, not a lot I can do to to get out of that, folks. I'm afraid. No. Um, but um, it looks like it's been a good round. Of, it looks like it's been a good round of shows so far this year. Look, most of them have been kind of blessed with good weather. Um, a lot of um, enthusiasm for it, which is really good because obviously with the price of everything going up, you know, it's a it can be an expensive weekend away if you're driving a, a classic lorry. Yeah, somewhere you know, and it's, it doesn't have a particularly good fuel economy. It can be uh, a, a, an expensive um, hobby. Mm. So you know, fair play to the people or so. Committed to it, um, but I think uh, because I'm missing that. I mean, there's Truckfest Scotland, which is 20 minutes along the road from me, so that doesn't really sort of count. Um, I'll have to look and see because I'll probably the retro show. I missed it last year. I wasn't well last year. That is there a theme? Is there a pattern here? 
Um, I love to go and uh, get set. I love to make sure I'm definitely going to the retro show. I'm going to a Vauxhall show this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Vauxhall Bedford Opal Association event. It used to be at Billing Aquadrome every year, which is a really nice venue, even though if the wind was blowing the wrong way, it would stink of sewage. Nice. Which is nice for a country sort of water parking. But uh, they uh, got bought in with new management. They took it over and then decided that um, they... Uh, they didn't want car shows anymore, so they booted all that out and then started up their own versions of it. So the big VBOA event had to move, and it's now at Cywell Aerodrome. Right. And there's like, oh, so, so that'll be obviously purely Vauxhall sort of sort of thing. So I'm going to go down to that. That should be that should be quite nice. If you get anything else lined up, what's your plans for things? Because you've been do- obviously you've been doing the driver training a bit, doing the the pet delivery a bit, doing a bit of driving. Mm-hmm. Which, where you got you getting lined up going forward? So going forward, next couple of weeks is driver training again, um, and then I haven't actually got anything else booked yet because I don't know if they will need me or not. They've got a couple of new instructors starting, so I might be possibly surplus to requirement just for a little while, um, which is not a problem because it's still harvest time, so there's still going to be plenty of bulk haulage going on mm-hmm. around this way. Um, we did get asked to go back to Greece to collect the dogs and take them to Austria, but it because Sam's already booked with other work commitments yeah. and I've also got the East Coast Truckers Children's Convoy on the bank holiday Sunday um, it was oh. it would have been close to that as well so I've got that coming up yeah. for the day where we take a, a whole load of disabled and disadvantaged kids on a on a jolly in the trucks uh, out to pleasure oh, right. out to pleasure hills and then we parade back through Great Yarmouth at the end of the day all under police escort as um Oh, it's a, right. If you get some pictures of that, we'll do something in the magazine oh, on that. Never, never featured it before. Definitely, yeah, that'd be worth doing. It's um, it's been the go- East Coast Truckers Children's Convoy. What date's that? It's the bank holiday. The weekend, bank holiday Sunday, which I think is the twenty eighth of August. I think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's no, not it, now. It's been going nearly forty years now. Obviously, minus the, the COVID episode, um, and I've been taking part on and off for the last sort of almost 20 years. It It starts in Norwich and it works its way across to Lowestoft and then it will go back via Great Yarmouth back to Norwich. So if you are are in any of them areas on the bank holiday, come out and give us a wave because you'll certainly hear us coming. That's a good shout. I see see that there. I wonder, um, I wonder, wonder. are you driving at it? You got a truck? Yes, I'm going to be using one of DMP Trainings Volvos for the day. Oh yeah, cool. Now I see that. I wonder if um, I'll get a photographer set up for that. You could just you could write about it. Eh? I could write about it. Yeah. yeah I'm just yeah. thinking if you're driving and things, I might be as well getting somebody to photograph it. Yeah. Uh, who could be at like the side of the road and get everything going past and that. That's, yes. No, um, that, look, that looks like a good good um, event. Now I'd like to go and uh, get get some uh, different different events and things into the magazine, sort of regional ones. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah, that'd be nice, that, aren't they? Yeah. And then, of course, the retro show is just, what, two weeks after that? A couple of weeks after, yep. Yeah. Yep, yeah, so after, as soon as as soon as soon I've done the children's convoy, we'll go back to Munich, collect the dogs that we've dropped off in Greece and bring them back to England, so that'll be that week sorted. And then, um, right. yeah, yeah, the following weekend will be the retro show. So that'd it's all going stuff. on. Oh, that'll be nice, that. That's yeah. good. Oh, that's good. A couple of th- couple of things to look forward to. I I'm looking forward to getting. Well, I've got this three week issue to do for the magazine, and then I've got um, the convoy in the park program to sort out as well. All this extra stuff that I've got to do in the summer. 
Yeah. Um, once I get that out of the way, I can go and get myself back out in the road again and get some get back on driving and that. I really hope that we can get somebody in soon to to be employed in trucking driver who can sit at a desk and deal with all the stuff that I don't like doing, so I can get out on the road more. Yeah. Um, and be out and be more ac- more active in that and running about because I want to go and sort out. I had grand plans to do three or four bumper issues a year mm-hmm. with sixteen pages of extra content and do themes. We're going to the British truck issues, one that we've got in the future. I'm going to manage one this year on uh, Scania's, I think. Uh, and uh, yeah, if I had if I had somebody else, if I had an employee, then I could uh, delegate some things and then I could go running running and dashing about all over the country, interviewing people, and uh, that'd be great. Yeah. Right. Yeah, too right. That'd be good. So, aye. Um, but uh, I don't think you get any other business or anything like that and then happening in your world. No, not that I can mention. think. Not that I can think of. Just to, just once again, thank you to anyone who's given me positive feedback from these podcasts because it's, as I'm sure I said before, it's always nice to hear that we're doing doing something right. So, um, mm. and any uh, any constructive yeah. criticism as well. <laughs> and, yeah. Apologies for the the, the big gap between them and that I actually was trying to get some stuff organised last week and I couldn't by the time I'd sorted out by the time I'd got around to doing it I just nothing would line up in that so we should be back to weekly podcasts from here on here on in, in one form or another because um, um, that should be me I'm hoping now that that's me that's me naturally immunised and I'm not going to get you know sick at Christmas or anything like that now you know yeah want to be sorted from it so too right Aye. cool Right, thank you very much, Matt. I shall catch up with you again soon. Cheers, Dougie. It's been a pleasure. Speak to you in a bit. Bye-bye. Ta-da. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Truck and Driver podcast. Please subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. To keep up to date with the latest news, 100% for drivers, visit truckanddriver.co.uk, where you can also subscribe to the print edition of Truck and Driver magazine, which publishes on the last Friday of every month. The Truck and Driver podcast is produced by Sound Rebel. To find out more, please visit soundrebel.co.uk.